Hey authors, welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you all so much for tuning in. As promised, I am going to go through the several beats. There's roughly 15, but you don't have to have all 15. If you guys listened to my previous episode on Save the Cat, you all can get that book if you would like. It's by Blake Snyder. But this is a system that is used with screenplays to help write a story or a screenplay and some authors even use this for their novels and I've recently used this for my latest novel and I honestly like it I've used others but this is probably one of my favorites now so again a lot of trial and error find what works best for you but I wanted to go back through the different beats in more detail I went through them pretty quickly in the last episode but I wanted to take my time so I'm going to go through the first part of save the cat which i think is roughly act one act one going from the hook all the way to the first plot point so the terms are going to sound different since it is in a different um system with this but it's all roughly the same just a different name but i wanted to pick a story that i could break down and i figure why not the princess bride uh someone sent me this uh, i believe it was yeah it was savannah gilbo i've mentioned her before on my podcast she is a writing coach if you guys want to check her out she's at savannahgilbo.com but she sent me this beat sheet that breaks down the princess bride according to the save the cat formula and i love the princess bride i've read the book personally <laughs> it's been a while since i've read it but i have read it it was written by william goldman And I've also seen the movie several times. So I'm very well known with The Princess Bride. And with it being a love story, I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, this is a classic. So I'm going to go through technically the first act of this book or movie. Roughly the movie. And then in the next few episodes, I'll go through act two and then act three. Breaking down which um it all entails in terms of the beats so the opening image with the princess bride if you guys haven't seen it i encourage you to see the movie it was made back in 1987 and again i just think it's one of the classics but the opening image is we meet young fred savage who plays the grandson he's sick in bed he's playing a video game at the beginning of the movie but his mom comes in his room and says your grandfather's here and he's not too happy about it. So he's like, oh, really? I really don't want to be around anybody right now. But his grandfather comes to visit him, who's played by Peter Falk. And his grandfather wants to read him a book. So his grandson's like, sure. <laughs> like, okay, like you got me a book, fine. So with the story, as he reads it, that leads us into our setup. So the opening image, again, is the same thing as your hook. And leading into the setup, the story begins with the grandfather reading about the beautiful buttercup aka the princess bride and it all is about her bossing around the farmhand wesley and she's just very snarky sarcastic she's like do this do that you know polish my horse's saddle or fetch me this or do this or all this other stuff and his response every time she asks him something is as you wish And Buttercup thinks nothing of it, but he continues to say, as you wish, every time. That's all he ever says to her. Every time she commands something, demands something, he says, as you wish. And over time, Buttercup catches on to where she realizes that he's saying, I love you. And she's like, okay. So that leads into the theme that is stated. And the movie goes back and forth between the grandson and the grandfather. 
So in the theme that is stated, which is pretty much the normal world, like all this is part of the normal world, the setup and the theme being stated. Much to the grandson's dismay, we see what this story is within the story. It's about love. There's kissing in it. He's not, oh, is this a kissing book? But that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's not just about kissing. Buttercup and Wesley are in love, and the movie explores the idea of true love and the things we do in the name of love. So that's the theme that is stated. And then it goes back to Wesley and Buttercup. Now that Buttercup has fallen in love with Wesley and they're together, he's called away and his ship is attacked by pirates. He left to make money. He knew that as a farmhand, he needed to make more to support her. Because in the movie, it said that Wesley had no money for marriage. So he took he so he went away to seek fortune on the sea so that he could support her. But Buttercup gets word that he was attacked by pirates, the ship was, and that Wesley was murdered. So being heartbroken and just stricken with grief, Buttercup vows that she'll never love again. She goes into her room, she shuts the door, she doesn't sleep, she doesn't eat, and she vows to never love again. Now what the movie doesn't mention that I'll mention since I read the book, it's been a while, but I remember some details. I love one line in the book that Wesley says to Buttercup, when she realizes that she loves him and it's interesting how he says it because buttercup kind of takes offense to it a little bit but it just showed um his love for her because i think she was still kind of working through it so it's like she loved him but there was some parts of her that just wasn't all in but she still cared at least that's how i got it from the book and there's a line in there where wesley says Buttercup, if your love for me was like a grain of sand, then my love for you would be over a thousand beaches. Like, you name them, whatever, whatever beach, then that's my love for you. And Buttercup was like, what, what, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I think in some form, he knew that she loved him, but she still wasn't all in with her love for him. He was willing to give everything, as you guys you know, as he did in the movie you know when he says death first but we'll get to that in the next episode but yeah it just showed how like buttercup i know that you say it but i really really love you so she had to grow into her love for him even though she still cared but that was in the book i think that part was probably one of my favorite lines that he said to her i'm like okay wesley interesting but in the movie after buttercup finds out that wesley's been murdered it cuts to five years later And Buttercup has been chosen by a prince, Prince Humperdinck, we all know him, (laughs) to be his bride. She's not happy about it. She doesn't love him, but she has no choice. And even in the book, there's more mention of Buttercup's parents. As I think um, we see her mother and father, I may have to go back and read it myself. It's been a while since I've read it, like probably, probably high school since I've read it. But you see more of Buttercup's parents. And when Prince Humperdinck comes and he sees how beautiful she is, he wants her. And Buttercup is just in the state of, well, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to love you, but, you know, whatever. So that's how she agrees to it. And her parents, you know, they're like, okay, if that's what you want. But at the same time, they know with him being a prince and him being a man of authority that they could possibly, you know, there could be repercussions if they choose to keep Buttercup from him. So Buttercup just agrees, which leads us into the catalyst, the inciting incident. Before the wedding... Buttercup is kidnapped by three outlaws, Fazzini, Fezzik, and the Spanish fencing master named Inigo Montoya. <laughs> I loved him in there. The trio intends to cast blame on a neighboring country so as to start a war. So needless to say, they were hired by Prince Humperdinck to kidnap Buttercup. 
and to have her killed and blame it on this other country so that Prince Humperdinck can start a war. That's the whole premise of it. Buttercup doesn't know this, so she just thinks that, you know, they caught me, you know, they're going to kill me, and I don't know what's going on. But that is the inciting incident. And remember, the inciting incident is the scene where nothing will ever be the same. Once this scene occurs, the book changes. It changes, which leads us into the debate, which I think can also be described as your first plot point. The first plot point being, you know, the take action, if you will, or how your character responds to the inciting incident. So for the Princess Bride, as they're sailing away with Buttercup, they notice that they're being pursued by another ship. Soon it's revealed that they're being followed by a mysterious masked man in black. As the two outlaws get away with Buttercup, Indigo waits at the top of the cliffs of insanity to kill the man in black. Growing impatient, Indigo helps the man in black to the top of the cliffs, then offers him a chance to catch his breath before they duel to the death. So after they kidnap Buttercup and they're sailing away, they notice someone is following them. So they don't know who he is. They're curious to know who he is. So they're continuing their job of kidnapping Buttercup but they still want to know, okay, who is this person following us? They've been following us all night. What's going on? So I think that is congruent with the first plot point. Uh, the first plot point. It's called the debate and save the cat, but I think that is still congruent with your first plot point because your protagonist has to decide whether to accept the call to adventure. So that's another way of saying it. So whatever term you use to describe it, it's all the same thing. And I feel like those in itself you have your opening image, you have your setup or the introduction of your protagonist, the theme stated, the catalyst or inciting incident, and then the debate, which is your protagonist deciding whether or not to accept the call to action or how they react to the inciting incident, which I think is congruent with your first plot point. So it's a lot, but I think all of this can be considered part of act one. And act one is roughly 25% of your book. So you want to make sure that that is strong in terms of introducing your character, showing what's going on in their life, in their normal world, a little bit of foreshadowing. You may give a hint into their fear. You may give a glimpse into their wound. You may give a glimpse into their past with a little bit of backstory, not too much because you don't want to info dump. But then you want to start where the action is with the inciting incident. And then your first plot point is going to show, okay, what are they going to do? How are they going to respond to this? Because things will never be the same after that. So I hope you all enjoyed that. Again, this is an article that I received from Savannah Gilbo. You can check her out at savannahgilbo.com. If you want to check out the Save the Cat book, um, that is written by Blake Snyder. I've mentioned that before. And you all can just follow along with these different beats. You don't have to have all of them. But I think if you have the majority of them, then I think that you're going to write a much stronger novel. So we're going to continue in the next episode with Act 2, and then we'll conclude with Act 3. And I hope that it is helpful towards you as we all write our books. So until then, you guys have an awesome rest of your day. And remember, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. God bless. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.